You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. Good morning. Uh, yeah, how's everybody doing? Well, we do have some announcements, but you know, let's just kind of stay where we're at and let's do some testimonies. Yeah, so I know a couple of you have some, but um, I want to share some too. So if you, do you have a testimony? You guys want to come up real quick? I was going to share them. And um, it's just such, such good stuff. You know, we heard some of them in our prayer group this morning. Um, some of them relate to, uh, to healing. Also, does anybody need healing in their body today? Okay, cool. So we've got, and then where did Joss go? She's in kids. We are going to send some prayer ministers to go pray for her foot. But um, so let me, let me kick this off. Come on up. And if you've got other ones, yep, come on up. So uh, this week, one of the guys that I work with um, has had kind of a bad bout with diabetes and had surgery on his foot and stuff. Ended up getting infected. And um, so I found out on Thursday he had been in the hospital since Monday with uh, blood sepsis. And you know, also, for whatever reason, it had hiccups for four days. So I went to go see him at the hospital on Friday, just you know, spent some time talking, having fun, prayed for him before we left, obviously for the foot and you know, complete healing, everything else. But he texted yesterday and said, oh, hey, I forgot to tell you, after you left and prayed for me, my hiccups stopped. So, hey, yeah, you know, and we think like, okay, hiccups, right? But like as an adult, who's had hiccups more than like 10, 15, 20 seconds? Four days when you can't sleep? Yeah, I mean, he was not a happy camper about that. So, um, Mariana, you wanted healing? Come on up. And then anybody else, physical healing? Yeah. So, and then can I get some prayer people, some of our team up here? We're going to pray for them. Well, so she's going to be here, and you guys start to just, who needs prayer? So, Andrew, you want prayer or you're giving prayer? All right. So, if you want prayer, you're facing out, and if you're giving prayer, we're going to have you guys face in. All right, we need some prayer warriors up here. Come on, Angel, come pray. Ro, get up here and help pray. Thank you, April. All right, cool. Yeah, so, Lord, we just want to release healing right now. So, grab somebody. Maybe don't grab them, but just in your hand. <laughs> yeah, Lord, we thank you that in you is fullness of, of everything, really, but fullness of health. Jesus, you paid for this on the cross. And even the little things. Sometimes we, we stub a toe and we break it. Sometimes, you know, just a, a little slip, a little accident. And even, I think we all know as you get older sometimes, you just bend over to pick something up and your back goes, hey, no fun. So, Lord, right now we just declare complete and full restoration of all those up here right now in the name of Jesus. Full healing, complete healing. Thank you, Lord. Touch them right now. Full kingdom release right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah, full healing right now. More, 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 more. Fill them up. Yeah. Whew. They're going to keep receiving, but let me share a couple other quick testimonies here. Will you, will you come up and testify? Yes, okay. This is, this is an amazing one. I love this. And to kind of tee this up, if anybody, has anybody here had anything like chronic in their lives and, you know, the devil kind of played around in your head thinking, I won't be able to do stuff later? Well, years ago, this is probably, I guess, more than 11 years, more than 12 years ago, because it was before our two youngest were born. Woo, got some healing going on. Come on. But um, I had some serious back problems. I've been in the hospital, you know, threats of surgery. When the doctor's like, hey, I've never seen anything like that in somebody your age. You're like, oh. 
but it was running in the parking lot one day trying to get something before a work meeting, and I couldn't run. I couldn't feel my legs. And I had this horrible fear of, like, I'm never going to be able to play with my kids. I won't be able to run with them and roughhouse and do the stuff I want to do. You know, fast forward however many years later, and, like, I do Muay Thai kickboxing with my kids. So God's so faithful. You know, and, and many of you have heard the testimonies of the miraculous healing, and even the healing that took a little bit of time, but I was still healed. But that's so good. So jochelle has got an amazing one. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. Good morning, guys. How are you? <laughs> okay, so January 2021, the last three years have been a blur, but um, I just, my health just hit a brick wall. And we had been contending, and it wasn't lack of faith, it wasn't lack of praying, it wasn't lack of fasting. I've literally lived a fasted life the last three years, and my health just hit a brick wall. And everybody's like, we don't know what's wrong with you, you're crazy. I would actually come here and sit and couldn't even look at the wall because all the little signs would dance. And I would have panic attacks as I was sitting here in the presence of God. So I had to make a really hard decision and stop driving. I couldn't drive. I had to shut down my business. Um, I mean, pretty much for those of you that do and don't know me, I'm an incredibly independent person, um, and I can do a lot. We have four children. Um, My husband's been in the military for almost 22 years, so he's always in and out. Exactly. And he's in law enforcement, so he's always in and out of town. So it's never been an issue for him to leave, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, bye, see you later. Uh, But I was literally chronically dependent upon people because I literally couldn't drive. My sugar would drop. I I was like shaking and all this crazy stuff was happening. So still contending every day. Some days I could speak, some days I couldn't speak. Some days I would just sit in the presence of God and just fix my eyes on him. But I knew that I would be healed, but then there was days that were really, really, really dark um, because I just couldn't see uh, the future. Matter of fact, there's an animal. I don't know what animal it is, but it can jump a crazy amount. Uh, It's like 30 feet. But what they do is when they cage these animals, they only put a four-foot barrier around them because what they found is that if they can't see where they're jumping, they will never jump. And so I felt like that's how I was. It was like a cage bird. I couldn't see hope for the future. So Continued doing what I was doing, continued praying, continued going to doctors and all that stuff. And so um, this week on Tuesday, I was taking care of a client. I just do one person a day at home. I do hair. So, you know, pretty much like if I don't work, like it just doesn't make enough money with the other stuff. So God said I could do that. And I just had this desire to drive to pick up my kids from school. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to text my husband and I'm not going to text my friends and I'm not going to let anybody know because if anybody's ever suffered from anxiety or depression, you have what's called a safe person or a safe place. And my safe person was my husband and my safe place was my home. And so I just had this overwhelming feeling that I was going to do that. And I did. I got in the car. (laughs) I actually drove to school, brought my dog with me. And as I was walking out, the power went out and I started laughing. So I was like, ha ha, you ain't got no power over me. I'm leaving the house. And so (laughs) just letting you know that I picked up my kids from school Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Yeah, so I just want to declare over you right now that if you have a chronic 
issue that has just, if it's been 20 years, 15 years, 17 seconds, I don't care. God is faithful and he is your healer. He's your provider. He is for you and not against you. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. And so right now in this moment, I just declare healing over every chronic illness, every chronic disease, every spoken word that's been negative, that you're always gonna be this way. You know what? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is for you. He is for you. Not any, no, he is for you, which means that right now on, what is this? January 23rd, 2022, you can be healed at 1134 when you've been waiting for 20 years. So in the name of Jesus, be healed right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. After hearing that, anybody else want physical healing? <laughs> Crystal, and then Ro, do you want for arm, elbow? Okay, can we get some people around Ro and then around Crystal? And we're going to pray over them. But we've got some other testimonies here. So Julia, I hear yours is awesome. Yeah, you heard it this morning. <laughs> okay, this seems like a testimony about things, but it's a testimony about God's nature. So anyone who knows me knows that we've been having a problem with our library and um, the mold and the issues have been very hard for me to deal with for the last two years. And um, I decided to go ahead and buy the bookshelves, right? I'm just going to trust. We're going to get it done. I'm going to buy the bookshelves. They're out of stock. No idea when they're going to come back in. This, group, this brought me, I think it was um, maybe Tuesday night, such grief. And I mean, it's just books, right? But I love the books. And, and so um, the, like all that evening, I was like, oh, you got the quote, right? So, so Kevin, Kevin's like thinking I'm mad at him. And I'm like, no, I'm not mad at you. I'm just grieving and just really, really sadness. And the next morning I woke up and I'm like, okay, God, I'm just I'm going to give this to you. And I'm just started writing in my journal about it. And what he did was he brought back a memory to me about two or three years ago the same time that I wanted to, I started finding this problem with the, with the library, I had this vision for the song Royals, and I couldn't make it happen that year. And then the next year, I couldn't make it happen. And then it happened this year, right? And it was wonderful. And he brought that memory to me, and he's like, yeah, you got to be patient. Sometimes the timing, and I'm going to give you something more. So I was like, okay. And so I'm writing. Well, then, to top that off, not only to give me one testimony that... He does what he's going to do. He gave me a second one. because, And again, this one seems small. My son, Joey, started a new job this week. And he, <laughs> yes, Joey, jobs and more jobs. <laughs> and, um, and he only had one pair of pants to wear. So every night he's doing the laundry. And I'm like, okay, going, going, going online, looking for pants. I can't find anything that's a decent price for something he's just probably going to wear for this thing. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go shopping with Jesus. Anyone ever go shopping with Jesus? Okay, so I went shopping with Jesus, and I found a pair of brand new black Levi's, his size, at the thrift store for $8. And God's like, go over to the women's department. So I was um, looking, I'm, I'm super tall, I don't know if you noticed that, hard to find pants that are long enough that aren't like $90, is very difficult. I found a pair of jeans that fit me, same right size, for $4. So, and then I found a pair for my other son. And so what God said to me in that, and I remember at our leadership meeting, we were saying, look for testimonies. 
And I was like, there's a testimony here. And it wasn't about the genes. It wasn't about the royals. It wasn't about the library. It was about God's nature. He doesn't just give you what you want. He doubles and triples it. You just have to be patient for his timing. And you have to look for it and acknowledge that it came from him. So I just wanted to add one little thing about this. Um, so the, the artists are going to meet this Thursday. And we're actually going to be working on something along this line. He was just showing this to me as I was standing here. This is what you're doing, remember? So what we're going to be doing, um, and you can do this even if you're not an artist and you want to participate. We're going to be asking God to show us a visual representation of how he's going to double what he wants to give us this year. For me, it's freedom. He's giving me freedom. I've already started on my painting there, and I will not take up the whole time to tell you the whole story about that. Um, but, well, should I? <laughs> Is that okay? So I just shared it with you this morning, Andrew. So um, God showed me a picture of myself when I was 10 that my dad just sent to me and said, I'm going to give you that joy that you have in that picture that was stolen from you when you were a teenager. And so that's what this is, it's me and 10, and the field of flowers behind it is the, um, it's what I'm doing with, it, it represents what I'm doing with the art ministry. He told me, I'm going to give you a harvest for what you're planting, but you're gonna get to see that harvest. And one of the children, um, actually, I think it was a, a, youth, a youth, Avery, had given me a picture that she drew for me of a field of flowers, and she didn't know what it meant, but I knew what it meant. She was actually a living representation of, of a blooming of what I'm pouring into the art because she heard from God something for me. So to me, this is like a double portion of what he's promised me because it brings me so much joy when I see other people. So Thursday, um, if you want to come, it's at 6.30. You won't have to do this announcement now. <laughs> so if you want to come, it's at 6.30. Um, we're going to be praying for God to show us a visual representation of what he's going to pour into you in the future so that you can share it with the rest of the church as your testimony. If you can't come on Thursday and you still want to participate, you pray that God gives you a visual representation of what he's going to show you, and then you let me see it, and we'll take a picture of it, and we will incorporate it into what the artists are going to be doing with it, which is a little bit of a surprise right now. But we're going to share it all with you because that, that's God's nature. He will double and triple what he promises. What you want, is that's his promise. He's going to double and triple it. All right? Amen. All right, two more quick ones, and we're going to get Andrew up here. But um, like he said, he said, you know, this is why we gather, yes. right? Yes. Right? We, we live our lives and as we're going, we're making disciples, <clears throat> but we come back and we celebrate together as family and we worship together as family. That's what we're doing. So um, we'll mention names because it's sort of uh, in, in the midst, in, in the works, we'll say, but uh, we, we declare jobs and better jobs. And uh, a, a good friend of ours actually just on a whim decided to apply for one and within a week got the offer with a really nice pay raise and new responsibility, more exposure and just, just great stuff. So he opens doors like that, too. Is anybody here looking for a job, need a job? We're just going to pray over you. Anybody? Or just wants a better one? 
Oh, now the hands go up. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Lord, we thank you, and you are faithful. You strategically place us, and you also give us the desires of our heart. So Lord, we thank you for those that are looking for jobs, better jobs. Lord, I thank you for those that you know, have just started new businesses. Um, and specifically, I know, you know Jack and, and Sarah have just you know, have started some new ones. I thank you that you've, you've given people this amazing grace to be providers and to, uh, to open doors for others. So Lord, we just bless them right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you for new jobs and, uh, and better jobs. Amen. And then the last one here, and then I promise I'm going to shut up. Okay. Um, you know, this is kind of a, a crazy one. So you know, our company is owned by two private equity firms. And you know, we had an offer to buy, which is the goal. We, you know, we're growing. We want somebody else to come in to buy to, to continue to blow us up. But um, you know, through the midst of all that, one of the scenarios, which I found out right before, what happened right before Thanksgiving, and I found out this week, was they almost just decided to bankrupt the whole thing and just do away with it. And I remember like, hearing that and looking in the mirror going, like, Jesus, I have this incredible history of you protecting us. Like it's, it's, we don't have time now, but just the number of times he has protected our family, and I knew instantly that was protection. Thank you, Lord. He's so good. He is so faithful. And like Jonathan was saying earlier, you know, it's, it's like that Michael W. Smith song, you know, as you turn your gaze upon him, the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So guys, quick applause, quick, you know, just welcoming to Andrew, our senior leader. We want to you know, just thank him for what he is doing and how he's leading. We love you and we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Wow. Okay. Um, I feel like um, if we could have some of our leaders here just prep for this, I feel like we need to do communion today. And I'm not sure exactly when, but if you guys could just make sure that everybody in the room gets... Um, gets uh, to be in on this here. This would be really good. I don't know how many people we have visiting here, first-timers, few-timers, whatever. Um, I, I want you to know, and I want to be clear on this, that I do not believe that communion is reserved for a certain group of people. If you're wondering, do you have to be members? Do you should be part of it? Just get in on it. Just get in on it. Come on, there's some glory on it. I wouldn't want anybody to miss it. So they're going to hand some of that stuff out. It'll make its way down the aisles here in a moment. And I'm not even sure why we need to do it, but hopefully it'll come to me in the next few minutes, all right? So um, two weeks ago, I started talking about discipleship. And I specifically was talking about parenting, fathering, mothering, uh, a little bit about orphans. And I'll probably continue with that at some point. Um, but I'm recognizing, I'm just going to say this one thing about it. I am recognizing more and more and more, probably because my antenna are, uh, is up, um, this thing of orphans that runs through the body of Christ. It's terrible. Now, I don't say that to shame anybody. That's not the point at all. But orphans, if they don't have family, if they don't have fathers and mothers, they tend to clamor for identity and attention. But when they have fathers and mothers that impart to them identity, they don't do that anymore. They don't act like that anymore. I see orphans, and it's not an age thing. It's not restricted to an age thing. Orphans that um, have no direction in life, so they stay in the same thing over and over and over again, and they're not happy with what they're doing in their life, but they think that somehow there's some kind of like um, humility in that or God's wanting to teach them something. I don't believe that at all. How many in here believe that God intends for you to prosper? Okay, now, now don't get all upset. Oh, he's going to preach prosperity gospel. 
I will preach prosperity gospel. Prosperity is not the entire gospel, but the gospel is incomplete without prosperity. God intended us for us to prosper. This is, this is the whole point. He wants us to be a people who can show the world how good he is. It's not for our own benefit. It's to be able to give. It's to be able to sow into others. It's to be able to start businesses, help other people start businesses. So I see in orphans, they just don't have that kind of thinking. And the more I'm spending time in this meditation on what discipleship really looks like, I'm seeing more and more as I look around just the church world, uh, a lot of people that miss out on this. And I don't want us as a body to be a group of people who don't have the eyes to see what that is when it comes in. Not for shame, not for guilt, but for for help. Are you guys with me? I mean, it's... Let me put it this way. There's a lot of things that orphans do that make it really easy to judge. But I can't afford to do that. Because it's very, very hard to recover from judgment. Hello? First impressions decisions that I make about other people when I get to know them, it's hard for me to recover from that initial decision if I'm not careful. So I don't ever want to do that. I don't ever want to see the actions of an individual cause me to determine what their character and what their nature is. I can't do that. can't afford that. They can't afford it. What we need is the ability to recognize if somebody comes in and does something. I'm not saying this because it happened. I'm just seeing this around If somebody comes in and does something that's super offensive or if they reveal their anger or distrust or hatred or whatever it is when it comes in, that's not necessarily about you and me. It's about something that's going on on the inside. And the older I get, the more I see, even growing as a father and watching my kids grow up, I'm like, I want to see that thing healed. I'm not interested in behavior modification. I'm interested in spirit transformation. Can I say it again? I am not interested in behavior modification. I'm interested in spirit transformation. I don't like it when people come into church and start acting a certain way and pretending that they've got to put on something. Stop. Just please stop. Stop doing that. You fly your freak flag. You be who you are. All right? It's really all good. It's all good. As a matter of fact, it's hard, it's hard to see movement forward and transformation when we create a culture where we need behavior modification. Really what that does is it creates a culture of control. That's the last thing I want. Control is de- demonic in nature. Living the spirit-filled life gives you the fruit called self-control, right? Hello? Gives you self-control. So I have no desire to try to control somebody else. I have a very strong desire to see the spirit come and have an encounter with them so that they learn what self-control is. They learn what goes on on the inside and how they make themselves tick or what's going on and what makes them tick on the inside. What makes them go to a 10 when they live on the inside at a 9 but it looks like they're at a 1? You know what I'm talking about, right? People can look like they're at a 1 but they're living at a 9 on the inside. One little thing happens and they're at a 10. That tells me that they're never at a 1. They're always at a 9. And so when I see that, I look at it and I go, I want to see healing come to that. Because that's a painful way to live. Man, I had no idea I was going to go here. That's a painful way to live. And I can't afford to make judgments on people that do stupid things. I want to be a father. I want to see 
discipleship. I want to see healing. I want to see growth. I want to see maturity. I want to see generation after generation after generation after generation come to know who they are in Jesus. I am 100, 100% that if the world understood who Jesus was and who we are because of him, this would be a completely different planet. And I don't need to worry about people changing their behavior. People change their behavior when they find out who they are. That was message number one. All right. Okay, I, I'm going to continue talking about discipleship. Last week I talked about inheritance and not trying to bring it out of the mystical when we talk about it in church that we have an inheritance in God. I mean, again, it's one of those things. If you ask, if I were to go around here and ask every individual in the room, what does it mean to have an inheritance in God? I'd probably get 100 different answers, right? And I can't say that I can define that, but I can say I think there is a way to demystify some of this stuff. So I want to talk about it a little bit more today. Inheritance. What is your inheritance? What is your inheritance? When you think about it for a moment, what is your inheritance in God? I think the number one thing that I have that I can point to that is my inheritance in God is Jesus. I get to inherit him. I get to inherit him because in him the fullness of the Godhead dwells, right? And so I get to be a partaker, Peter says, we have been made partakers of a divine nature. So I, my inheritance actually is a brand new nature that comes inside of me. And I love that passage. You have been made partakers of a divine nature. That word partakers there could actually be translated a different way. Instead of being partakers, it could say you have been born into a new nature. You have been born into a new nature. So first of all, when we're talking about inheritance, the first thing I have to realize is I have him. I have him. And all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him in bodily form. I have him, the spirit of God, spirit of Jesus. It's all the same thing, right? There's no hierarchy in the Trinity. Everybody gets along fine. Nobody's warned from the top. Everybody gets along fine. There's no less than. Jesus was not less than God. Jesus is God. And I get to inherit that, which means then I have a fullness that I don't know that I have fully understood yet. But I don't want to do stupid things and win stupid prizes. And what I mean by that is not learn ultimately what I have inherited in him and then live a life that's inconsistent with what I have in my inheritance, right? What I'm talking about is if you get an inheritance of money and somebody deposits it into your bank account, you can say, I believe it all you want, but you really don't believe it until you take that debit card and go make a withdrawal out of it. Hello? It's a lot of times like the church will say, oh, I have an inheritance in God. I have inheritance in the saints. The glory of the inheritance in the saints. I have all this stuff, but none of us take our debit card and ever go access it. What I want to do is I want to access it. Now, this is going to be very practical this morning, and we may even have an activation in the room, okay? If you're visiting, welcome. If we make you nervous, get over it. <laughs> I don't know what to say. This is who we are. But I want to talk about it in this context right here. How many in here have done something like really careless before and you look back on it and you are just filled with chagrin? Anybody? Like, if you, if you want to know what I'm talking about, just pull up YouTube.com and put fails in the subject and hit enter. And it'll bring all kinds of things. It'll show you all kinds of stupid people winning stupid prizes. And it's extreme, but I, I don't know why. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe this will offend somebody. I like watching those sometimes. 
I, I like watching them because I just, it, it reminds me to go, Andrew, sometimes other people's lives are just there to show you what not to do. Not really, but you know what I'm saying. It's like, I like watching those because it's like, I can, not only can I like look at that and go, okay, don't ever do that, but I can look at it and go, oh man, I've been there. You ever been watching those videos before and, you, and it's like, nothing has happened yet, but you know what's going to happen? I mean, it doesn't take long, you know? It's like, just, I looked at one the other day. I don't know why I did this, but I looked at one just on rope swings. You know, just how you swing out into a river or into a lake, right? You guys ever see that stuff like that? It's like that you see them, they're getting on this thing, and you're like, oh God, I know what's going to happen. I know it, I know it. Boom, there it is, right there. I don't know why I like that. Anybody ever watch that television show called Wipeout? How many of you here have seen it? I laugh at that thing so hard. I don't know if there's something really wrong with me on the inside. I don't know, but I'd laugh at that thing. I mean, I don't know of a comedian that makes me laugh as hard as watching Wipeout. It's like, man, you, you set yourself up for that, didn't you? You really just like, when they get to those, those obstacles and they finally get to those big giant red balls, right? That's the best. That is the best. I didn't know people's bodies could bend in that direction. I mean, you see things where people's heels are touching the back of their head, and they're not gymnast. It just, they hit that ball, and I don't know what happens. Something crazy happens, but I don't know. I laugh so hard at that. Maybe there's something wrong with me. I don't know. Jesus, heal me of that, whatever. But it's still funny. I like watching that. But I don't want my life to be lived out where it's something like I'm continually doing things like that, not just in physical stuff. I'm talking about where I do dumb things and I miss out what God has for me because I don't know who I am and I haven't been able to take hold of this inheritance that he's given me. Here's an example. I want to read this to you, a couple of them. There's a story in the Bible where this happened and he was full of regret for a long, long time. Genesis 25, 29 through 36. Do you guys have that? Acts 2 Church. It says this. I'm going to read it. Genesis 25, 29 through 34. This is the message translation. It says this. One day, Jacob was cooking a stew. Esau came in from the field, starved. Esau said to Jacob, give me some of that red stew. I'm starved. That's how he came to be called Edom, or red. Jacob said, make me a trade my stew for your rights as the firstborn. Esau said, I'm starving. What good is a birthright if I'm dead? Jacob said, first swear to me, and he did it. On oath, Esau traded away his rights as the firstborn. Jacob gave him bread and the stew of lentils. He ate and drank, got up and left. That's how Esau shrugged off his rights as the firstborn. Move forward to Hebrews 12. Watch out for the Esau syndrome. Trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. You well know how Esau later regretted that impulsive act and wanted God's blessing, but by then it was too late. Tears or no tears. That's Meshed's translation. Passion translation of the same verse says this. Be careful that no one among you lives in immorality, becoming careless about God's blessings. Like Esau, who traded away his rights as the firstborn for a simple meal. And we know that later on, when he wanted to inherit his father's blessing, he was turned away, even though he begged for it with bitter tears, for it was too late then to repent. You guys tracking with me yet this morning? I don't want to miss the inheritance God has given me. And I can't let 
my understanding, even misunderstanding of who I am and what's wrong with me determine how much of that I get? How many of you guys know that inheritance is not based on something you do to earn it? Right? Inheritance happens when somebody dies and leaves something to you. Do you know somebody that died and left something to you? That's how you receive it. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to, you can't beg for it, you can't, you know, it just, it comes to you. And I will spend the rest of my natural born life on this planet trying to figure out what that inheritance fully is. But I want to talk specifically about the supernatural. Because there is a supernatural that comes to us for us to live in that is part of our inheritance. As a matter of fact, I think the supernatural should be so natural it becomes natural. It's not supernatural anymore. Jesus didn't live in two realms, the, the natural realm and the supernatural realm. You know what he lived in? The natural realm. Well, wait a minute, didn't he do supernatural things? No, he lived in the natural realm. Why? That was his true house. That was his country. That was where he lived. That was normal to him. This is what we get to inherit. How many want to see normal be you walk by past some, you bypass somebody and your shadow heals them like it did in Acts 3, right? How many want to see that happen? I want to see that happen. But you know what? I can't make it happen. I can't. I can't study enough to make it happen. I can't go to church enough to make it happen. I can't fast enough. You try fasting to get something like that, you know what you're going to get? Hungry. And that's all you're going to get. You can't fast for that stuff. You can't do anything. All you can do is simply receive it. And I know if you're anything like me and in your humanity, you like to pay for something. You don't like to get it for free. Right? Somebody gives you something for free, especially if it's a huge gift, it makes you so awkward you don't know what to do with it, and so everything inside of you wants to pay them back for what they just gave you, right? Has anybody ever experienced that before? Somebody gave me a very nice car a few years ago, a very nice car. Everything inside of me wanted to do something for them, and it ultimately, Holy Spirit was showing me, this is a problem, Andrew, this is a problem inside of you, because if you can't just fully receive that for what it is, and not have your mind start spinning about how you repay them or how you, what you can do for them, that ain't right. Does that sound bad? But that's religion. It's what that is. It ultimately comes out in religion because if I see it that way with an individual and God gives me something that's off the chart and I find myself trying to repay him for what he does, I miss out on the inheritance and I can't fully access it and accept all that's in it. Supernatural is part of that. All right. We are meant to be a people that live naturally in a supernatural realm. I know you've heard me say this before. I want to keep saying it. I'll keep saying it, and I'll keep saying it. I think Peter writes it this way, and he says, let me, he's writing to the church, and he says, let me remind you and stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. In other words, he's, going, he's saying, I'm going to tell you something that I've told you before, but this is good that I tell you what I told you before to help you remember what I've told you before. It's good for me to keep repeating these things over and over. This is the design of the church, and the church does not need more people on a platform doing miracles with a bunch of people sitting out there watching it, wishing they could do something like that. Can we kick that to the curb? You don't have to say, I wish I could do something like that. You can do something like that. Why? Because it's part of your inheritance. You didn't inherit a, a miniature junior Holy Spirit. 
You didn't inherit a partial Jesus. You didn't inherit um, something because you're qualified or disqualified. You can't. You get it just simply because of who he is. I think what we need is the church to wake up to this reality, to start looking at it and going, if I shift my, I want you to remember two words here. I talked to our team about it this week, our leadership team. I want you to think about two words, write them on your phone, keep them in front of you. I want two words to ring through your heads for the next foreseeable season, awareness and intentionality. Awareness and intentionality. I believe, as the body of Christ, if we begin to live and walk in such a way where we're constantly aware of what God is doing, and we make it intentional to do something with it, we could see the world transformed. I'm learning as I'm growing in this, and I'm always going to be growing in this, but all I have to do in a moment, even in the middle of something where I'm very angry, I'm depressed, I'm... Whatever, whatever emotion it is that may be keeping me from being aware, if I stop for a moment and shift my awareness and just ask Holy Spirit, what do you see going on? And I'm not talking about just in a church service. I'm talking about wherever you are. What do you see going on? Awareness. And then when he shows you, you intentionally do something about it. It would change everything. It would absolutely change everything around us. How many want to do that? How many don't want to do it? Some people are, if you're being honest, sometimes we don't want to. That's okay, just be honest about it, but just recognize that you're missing out on part of your inheritance. But Andrew, I don't understand how you do it. How is it that you can just, you can, you can get a word about something and it just be about somebody, let's see, if, let's see if it'll happen now. Let's just see if the Holy Spirit does something right now. Okay, and I could be totally wrong on this, but this is how I live my life. I don't care if I'm wrong. I really don't care. When I pray for people to get healed, I have people ask me, well, what happens if they don't get healed? And I'm like, well, stop thinking like that. Start asking what happens if they do. What happens if they don't get healed? It's not about you. And if you're worried about what somebody's going to think if somebody doesn't get healed, it's no longer about him. It's about you. I don't care. Does somebody in here have a key ring with like a green tag on it? Is anybody in the room? Somebody in here have a key with any kind of like green tag on it? You do? Okay. Now, why would I know that? Why would Holy Spirit show me something like that right now in my mind? I have no idea. Well, Andrew, that's just good odds. You got 100 people in the room. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Anybody right now having something going on on their left side right here, right in this area right here? Any kind of pain, jaw dysfunction, anything like that? Right back to her in the back. Okay, just extend your hands back there because we know pain isn't supposed to live in the body right there. So right now, is that Natalie back there? Hey, Natalie. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, just work on her, do a little surgery. Right now, kick that thing to the curb because it doesn't belong in her body, and we just say, be healed in Jesus' name. Everybody say that. Be healed in Jesus' name. These aren't parlor tricks. It's just Jesus. Is anybody freaking out yet? <laughs> I remember years ago going into an Outback restaurant, server coming up, saw their name tag. And I don't remember exactly how the, the conversation was going, but I remember there was some kind of encounter I knew God wanted me to have with the individual or God wanted to have with the individual right there. And I remember writing down on a napkin a name 
And when they came back, I shoved it in front of them, and I said, that's your middle name, isn't it? They're like, how did you know that? And I said, I don't really know how I know that. I just know this, that God loves you so much that he'll use some stupid guy like me to come in here and show you that he sees you. And I began to pray for him, and I think I prophesied over him, did something like that. But to me, this is normal life. This is what normal life looks like. And if I don't live like this, I'm taking part of the inheritance that I'm supposed to operate in, and I'm keeping it over to the side, and the world is missing out because of it. How's your jaw feeling? Is it any better? It's okay if it isn't. Okay, so it's still there, kind of? All right, do it again. Put your hand back there. You just say, be healed in Jesus' name. Every bit of pain and dysfunction is illegal and trespassing. This is the temple of God, and it doesn't belong in there. So we say, be healed, Natalie. Everything about your jaw, whatever that is, tooth, whatever it is, be healed in Jesus' name. Okay. Anything changing? Yay, God. Come on, come on, come on, yeah? No, inappropriate response right there. Yay, God. Thank you. Yes. Yes, this is normal, normal Christianity. We are not, listen, we are not earthly beings having brief spiritual encounters on earth. We are spiritual beings having a brief earthly encounter on this planet. This is who we are. And you don't have to over-spiritualize it. I want to, as much as anything else, I want to take the supernatural and just get it out of this weird, I don't know what, it gets into some religious thing. You know what I'm talking about, right? It just gets weird. It gets religious. It's like some, I mean, we as the church, we're weird people anyway, but then we start getting into stuff like this where we begin to see the supernatural start to happen, miracles start to happen, and we start doing really, really weird things. We have this language that we use that I don't fully understand. I mean, Somebody gets knocked down by the power of God, we call it slain in the spirit. Slain? You talk like that? They're just doing carpet time. I don't know. I just like blowing that stuff out of the water. It's like, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? We have this language that we use. It's almost like we're saying to the world around us, I dare you to try to relate to us. I dare you. Wow, I don't know. Why did that person fall down? It's simple. They couldn't stand up. <laughs> Is that a good enough answer? Yeah. Why did that person fall down? I don't know. They just couldn't stand up. Oh, come on. Come on. What would it look like? Just imagine with me for a moment. What would it look like if every individual in this room could have the awareness and the intentionality just to walk out of this place, go eat lunch somewhere, and in that restaurant, all of a sudden, people just start getting healed. I've heard testimonies of that. Testimonies of individuals. I think it was students in a school. They went into a grocery store one time, saw somebody that was, I don't know, a cane or something like that. So they say, hey, can I pray for you? And they're like, yeah, sure, pray for me. They prayed for him, and they absolutely get healed right there on the spot in aisle nine. So somebody runs to the front and gets on the microphone and goes, people are getting healed in aisle nine, aisle nine for healing. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. 
right there. What is that? You talk about shifting atmospheres. You talk about changing cultures. It's like people don't go there to shop to buy their chicken wings anymore. They're going there to get healed. That's shifting culture, right? How many want to be a part of this? It's really kind of quiet in here. Am I like really messing with people? Or are you like going, hey, we can do this, right? In other words, the church has gotten so used to telling people, telling the world about who God is, but not having to back it up. And we're afraid to back it up because somehow we think it's about us when it's not about us. Who in here has got a, I think I'm feeling this, like somebody's got like a sty in their eye, some kind of thing where they can feel it when they blink. Anybody in the room? No? No. Okay. I was wrong. What's that? Maybe it's online. Maybe. But I don't care. I don't care if I miss something and I get it wrong. I'm more interested in seeing what God does when things really cool happen, all right? All right. I'm going to stay in this for a moment. And I may have some of the other guys come up here and get in on this with me. You guys all right with this? When we had a school here, um, Orlando School of Supernatural Ministry, when we were running that for a few years, I would probably say the main thing about that school was helping students get over themselves. To recognize that we all have roadblocks and obstacles and things in our life, but we have to look at those things and go, okay, those are there, and I want to see healing and growth in those things, but those things do not disqualify me. They do not disqualify me. Gifts are not, don't come to you because you're qualified. They come to you because they want to be given to you, right? 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14 both tell me about the gifts of the Spirit that happen. It says, pursue these things with a lustful passion. That's what the word says. With a lustful passion. Pursue these things with a passion. How do you pursue them? Well, I need to get my prayer closet pray a little more. Well, maybe you do, but that's not going to bring them to you. What you got to do is you got to start doing it and risking it. Amen? Okay, let's go a little bit further here and we'll see what happens here in a moment. No, let's just go for it. All right. Some of my ex-students in here, uh, make your way up here. Maybe some of our staff, make your way up here. I want to activate the room, okay? I know, people are going, wait, I didn't come to church to have to do something. Well, first of all, let's change our thinking. You don't have to do anything you get to. And this is really, really awesome. So how many in here just like, you're like going right now, you're in a place in your life where you're just craving that God would speak to you in some form, some fashion. Let me see your hand. All right, now, everybody on the front row, hold your hand up. Everybody on the front row here, I want you just to take a look at them because people in the front row here are gonna start getting words for you that are coming directly from God. How do I know that? Because that's what God does. Can't make it happen, can't force it, but yeah, good. The ones that are holding their hands up the longest, those are the desperate ones. I like this. (laughs) All right, so let's just do this. Anybody in the front row feel like you got something for somebody out there? Um, Okay, I'll start right there with the glasses, with the beanie on. What's your name? Angel. Okay, what a great name. 
I feel like what God's doing, when I look at you, I feel like what God's doing is he's, you're at a place where you have some decisions to make about career or something like that, choices that maybe move you into something in, that are like uh, entrepreneurial, um, where you can still do a job, but yet you can move into something else. I really feel like what God is saying to you is he wants you to make a lot of money doing this. He wants you to make a lot, a lot, a lot of money doing this. And I don't know what it is. I, don't, I can't tell exactly what the field is. I don't know what it is, but there's something that... Uh, he wants to show you in the process for your family for you to make a lot of money doing it. And I'm just going to pray right now and declare that whatever is in your mind holding you back would be released right now. And every bit of the, the, the promise of God, the intention of God would be released in your heart and in your mind right now for things that go beyond the way you can think. I'm talking about revelatory kinds of thinking that come into your life that you're able to see things different than everybody else sees them. And maybe that's what sparks something for you to be able to move into this. So can we say amen to that? Anybody else got something up here? Yeah. You know, you could be standing here. You don't have to. It's okay. I know. Sorry. Uh, I don't know if this was for someone who raised their hand, but I heard really strongly. Okay. Is someone here, and I'm sure there's many people who would say this, but who... Yeah. Who here loves chocolate? I'm sorry, just, just go with me here. Okay, but like the people around it, who's like the chocolate lover? Like will literally like it's die. I win. I win. I don't think you do well. I, it's not you. Uh, Nick Katz, are you serious? Like like chocolate lover, like if it's on the menu, has to get it? Okay, like if you're in an ice cream shop, you have to get chocolate? Okay, so I heard the Lord say, Chocolate, chocolate lovers delight. And I was like weird. And then I felt like the Lord was saying specifically that to this person, which I mean, believe is you, Olivia, that, that there are delights in your heart that God is wanting to give you to the point where it's going to supersede anything that you've had before in your life. Like there's a, there's a shift in your life where a moment is going to happen that the Lord says, I've seen you. And I, and, I've, and I know you. And it's going to be that moment where, where you're not just given, like Julie was talking about, you're not just given what you, what you want, what you need, but you're actually given what you want. And the Lord's giving you the desires of your heart. And this is a season you're walking into where there's going to be a moment, a day, a phone call. There's going to be something that happens where you look and you say, that's the moment that God gave me the delight of my heart. And he began a new season in my life. So just wanted. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, Sierra, this is for you. Um, last night, my daughter and I at 3.30 were sitting in our car and having a conversation, just an awesome God conversation. And, and he gave me this uh, picture, and it's for you. And it was an open door. And I feel like there's a door that's open, and it's a huge risk for you, and you're wondering if you should walk through it. And the Lord is going to give you clarity this week to know what you should do. I just feel like that door was for you, and um, it's going to be a game changer for you. And I know that um, it's hard to risk, and it's hard to let go of something that's comfortable and something that um, is safe, but I also know that he's calling you higher. He's calling you to a place that is so much different than you've ever experienced, and it's walking through that door. Hi. So I have a word. I think it's for a lot of people in the church, but specifically it's for Javen. And then there's a young lady 
right there with really pretty brown hair and like a nice swoop. Um, I hear God saying, cast your nets again, and uh, you didn't miss here. And I think that's a word for a lot of us in here, but specifically, like, cast your nets again. You didn't miss here. You're not crazy. You didn't, like, I think right now in life, I feel like a lot of people just really feel like, did I miss it, God? Just because it hasn't shown up. But he's saying, cast your nets again. There's more fish in that water. And watch, once you cast your nets, you can catch it. That's what I got. It's so funny because I actually had two, one for Javen. And then are you talking about, talking about this this pretty girl right here? What's your name, sweetheart? The younger one? Allie. Yes, Allie. Oh, my goodness. Um, there's a target on your back. Jesus really loves you, Allie. I'm going to do Javen first because I don't want to forget. Um, Javen, I just like heard the words heart of worship. And it's more than like you just leading worship. You guys know me. I'm going to cry. I can't hold it back. Um, but it's like just heart of worship, heart of worship. I just heard the Lord saying that. And it's this deeper thing than leading worship on a stage. It was like I saw like your, your heart was this room. And there were these angels rejoicing and praising the Lord. And there was someone playing the harp. And it was like this room, like this atmosphere that was just hosting the worship of heaven. And it was like everywhere you went, even if you were singing or not singing, you were creating this atmosphere that hosted the worship of heaven. And it was like the heavenly realm was like bending down to participate in what you were bringing. And I just like, I see that it's all over your life. It's like it floods from you. It can't be contained. It's not something that happens just when you play or when you sing. It is the worship of heaven coming through your life. Okay. So it's Javen. And then Allie, how old are you? I'm just curious. 15. Okay, we are the youth directors. You should come see us tonight. That's not the word, but I just want to tell you that because I had a feeling. <laughs> but Allie, I just, oh my goodness, Jesus loves you, Allie. Like, I just felt like this, it was like the heart of a father, like calling you. And you didn't even raise your hand, might I mention. It was your parents, right, that, that raised your hand? Over there, okay, so you didn't even raise your hand and Jesus still loves you that much. That he was like, you didn't raise your hand, but I see you <laughs> and I wanna speak to you whether you raised your hand or not. And I just feel like this heart of the Father that was like, it was like this, what I saw was you like standing kind of back, um, kind of in the shadows and I saw you stepping forward like this and it was like there was a spotlight on you. And the Lord was just saying like, you are meant to be seen by me. You don't have to hide. You don't have to stand off in the shadows. He's saying, step forward into the light because I desire to see you. I desire to know you. I desire to, to gaze upon you. The Lord like has this just sweet, sweet love for you, Allie. And I just heard him speaking that over you, like step forward, step forward, allow yourself to be seen by me because it's my desire to see you. I don't know why you guys raised your hands, but you haven't been hit yet. It's like collateral blessing that, you know, the bomb didn't hit the target and got other people around you, but it's collateral blessing. Uh, what's your name to the right, to my right, the other daughter, I guess I'm assuming. What's your name? What is it? Brooke. Yeah, I, as she was sitting there talking to your sister, I felt like there's some things that run around in your head a lot that are like inconsistent with what God thinks about you. And sometimes you feel like you can't because 
you can't because. I can't do that because. Or it just, I'm not this or I'm not that. And I feel like what God's doing right now is he's coming along with a giant bucket of water and he's just washing your head out. And he's starting to show you that you can't afford to have in your head thoughts that he doesn't have in his head. That you're going to begin to hear those things and you begin to move into places like the things that you had seen before that kept you in cycles where you just felt like you couldn't, those things are going to be gone. You're not going to even remember them anymore. And you can be able to move forward into like, I really see you like total influencer, like an influencer kind of person. You're going to begin to influence the people you're around. I don't know if it's in school or whatever it is you do at work. I don't know. You're going to begin to influence the people around you and they're going to start looking at you and go, how is it that you can do that without even trying? How is it that you can accomplish these things and it like comes so easy to you? It's so easy. Are you like artistic? Do you do anything like with music or dance or anything like that? There it is, right there. Okay, so yeah, so I feel like that right there, maybe even in that company, so to speak, you're going to start seeing people looking at you and going, how do you do that? How do you know how to do that? Because you're losing all the stuff that has kept you from it that's inconsistent with what God thinks, and now it's like dropping on you, and this confidence level is coming into you, and it's gonna be like enormous and huge stuff. Okay, I feel like this is gonna be for a couple of people, but specifically for you back there in the plaid? Yeah, you. What's your name? Jeremy? Okay, um, are you a Star Wars fan? Okay, so I heard X-Wing. And I was like, okay, I'm just not going to say X-Wing. What does that mean, God? And so what he showed me was Luke Skywalker flying the X-Wing, dropping just a couple little, what were they? Like photon? Death charges. Depth charges. He's a better fan than I am. (laughs) Into the Death Star. But what the Death Star represented was fear and control. And I feel like what God's saying is that he's going to give you words to just drop very simply, and it's just going to cast the fear out of people. So I just pray that for you right now, that you'll begin to hear the Holy Spirit in those times when you see people who are afraid and they're being controlled, that you will have those words and it'll come right from the Holy Spirit and it will just hit them right in their heart and that fear will disappear. And if that is for anybody else, go ahead and take it. Uh, two quick ones here. So, Gabby, I have one for you. Uh, we just came out of the Christmas season, and I'm sure all of us, whether we wanted to or not, heard the song, I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. Anybody can sing it right now? Do you know that song? The little girl, right? It's, it's kind of obnoxious, but here's the thing that God wanted to point out. It's like, like that girl, you dream big. You ask God for big things, things that are outlandish, and he says, yes, they are going to come to pass. So no rhinoceroses, right? Only hippopotamuses. But the things that you ask for, he sees that. And you have the faith like a child, so you're going to get it. Yeah. And gentlemen in the plaid, part of that family that's getting blessed. You. Yeah, what's your name? Steve. Steve, are you a manager? Like you've got a team of people that report to you? You do, yeah. So the Lord wanted to highlight that and just talk about an increase in leadership and development that you're going to be going through. And I don't know if you've got big decisions with that or something's happening, but... Um, there's great grace for what's coming. That's what I hear. Yeah. yeah. Um, this could be for anybody, but specifically the lady in the back by the pole. What's your name? <laughs> Melanie. Hey. Um, God showed me a picture of an envelope, and he said, you've been in a season of 
uh, going to the mailbox and there's envelopes in there and as we all know, most of the time our mail is bills. It's stuff that we owe, debts. But he's telling you that the envelopes that he's preparing for you don't have debts to be paid in them. He has that new inheritance coming for you. So start looking for those big blessings coming in the mail to you. Um, this is for the, the mom with the baby in the back. Yeah. Um, I just, when I saw you, I just heard motherly wisdom. And I feel like God's deposited in you motherly wisdom, not worldly wisdom, but godly motherly wisdom to lead your family well. And um, it's, it's it, I feel like it's just, it's bigger than just your family. You're going to be blessing other moms too. And God's bringing women into your life that, are going to pour into you and then women that you can also pour into. So I just bless you in that. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. <laughs> and then um, I just, I don't know who this is for. I just really felt like recently maybe somebody has like gone for a job interview. I don't know if it's on, somebody online or somebody here, they, but they didn't get the job. But I feel like God is saying that he has something bigger and better for that person that you didn't you miss it and that... He's working all things out for your good. So I just, if, if that resonates with anybody here, I just bless you with that. Um, it's for Leah. Um, and I don't have many words. Um, but what the Lord just showed me was that it seemed like you have been asking for something very specific. And you've been in the secret places asking and praying for something very specific. And like it is a new direction. And he says yes. Go, step out, step out, be brave. That's good. Amen. That's good. No, I, I just have two follow-ups. Uh, it was it Melanie, was that the, the woman in the back by the pole? No. Melanie, yeah. Um, just, I think it ties in with what Rose said, but uh, I just felt like God had was telling me that there's something that, uh, I think it's relational, whatever, from, from your past maybe that, that he wants to, to bring forward and he's going to bring some healing in that area. And, and that the, the, the key to that was that it was going to release you to do some things. And I think it was work-related or maybe it's tied into what Ro was talking about, that promise. But there are some things that he wants to, to heal in you and then it's going to propel you forward in some big way. So I don't know if that makes sense to you, but okay. And then, and then for Brooke, um, they, I had something else for you too. Um, and it, I think it ties into what Andrew was saying, but... I just felt like God was saying that there's the way he's created you is is very it's very delicate and precious it's almost like a uh, like a piece of crystal like artwork and and that that can be intimidating I guess to people because it's so fragile but but that God has made you that way and intentionally and, and there's a just a real preciousness about that so just embrace that Um, for the mama, whose name I can't remember. What was your name? You. Kara? Um, I saw you specifically, like, this is silly, but, like, your head was strong. <laughs> and it was, like, yeah, like a big stone helmet on. And I thought the Lord was saying that you're supposed, you're supposed to be headstrong. And with the motherly wisdom that um, they were talking about, like, 
there's just so much noise, especially in like the mom world of like, like you have to breastfeed and you can't breastfeed and you have to do this, but you can't do this. And like everyone thinks that they're experts. And I saw you being very soft before the Lord with the way that you, not just with your, your, your child, but with your life and you being very headstrong with, I don't know what's right for you, but this is what's right for me. And you having just a, a peace about you with you and the Lord and, 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 and your husband and your family, just like, this is what our life does. This is what we do. And you're actually leading in a way, you're actually a charge in the sense when the noise of other people, you're not, um, you're not combative, but you're, you're, you're headstrong in what, what's right for you. And I just, that's the, the Lord's design for you. And that's more than just your family. That's part of a ministry in your life is to encourage people to be strong in what they know is right between them and the Lord. So I just want to so encourage good. you in that. That's so good. Two more. <laughs> um, first is for the Niket parents who I love very much. If you guys don't know them, you should, um, cause they're amazing. But I, um, <laughs> I saw you guys with your suitcases behind you. Like you were walking with your suitcases and your suitcases were like so full that they were like bulging at the sides. And then um, as you began to walk, it was like stuff started falling out of your suitcases behind you. And I felt like the Lord was saying like, that is blessing. Like the things that were bulging out of your suitcase was your own personal blessings. And then as you began to walk, they were falling out and other people were picking them up. So that's what I got for you guys. And then I should know his name. What's, what's your name right here? Derek? I'm sorry. Varick. I'm so sorry. I should know because we sit on the same row like every Sunday. I'm sorry. I should know. But um, we do. We sit on the same row. Um, but for you, I saw like, it was like, I saw your heart and I saw the doors of your heart. Like there was so much inside your heart that it was almost like, it was almost like there had been like a dam, like holding it all in. And I saw that all of this inside your heart, like emotion and passion and all of these things started bursting forward from your heart. It was like the doors couldn't help but fly open because all of this was like bursting forward. It was like praise for the Lord. It was excitement for life. It was hope. It was joy. It was emotional. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, I guess understanding emotions even. It was like all of this, like you're getting new words for your emotions and it was all of these things. It was like you couldn't keep it in, like the doors of your heart just swung open and it was like this flood just started coming out of your heart. And um, yeah, so that's what I saw for you. Um, I, I wanna honor where the kids are. We're at 12.30 at this point, but you, you get the, this could go on all day long. Um, and I, mm. I am so thankful for this. I'm so thankful that in a moment, they didn't know I was gonna do this. I just said, come on up here and do this, that we have a culture in this house where we have expectancy for the prophetic. We're not just waiting for something to happen miraculous. We step into it and we just say, nope, it's going to happen, and we begin to do it. It's, that is the culture. That's the thing I'm talking about with this inheritance where we shift our awareness and we start walking in intentionality. Because there are people who need to know what their inheritance is in Jesus, and they may not find it unless you step into it, change awareness, and begin to step into it. The mom, what's your name? Lori. Lori? Okay, I saw with you, and this will be the last one. We can, well, actually, we can have these guys stay up here afterwards if you didn't get, if you didn't get hit and you want to get hit, you can come up here and they'll get you. Um, 
Lori, what I saw for you was um, like Holy Spirit saying, like it was like saying it, but he was saying it to me, but he wanted me to say it to you so that you could hear it, that you did not mess up. Number one, you didn't mess up and you haven't missed anything. And for whatever it was that was generations before you that you might be concerned about, um, it's not there. It's not there. You don't even have to think about it. There's nothing there. I don't know if there's some kind of like medical history or something in the background or something like that that came through family members, but it's not hitting you, that's for sure. And, and you haven't done anything that would cause that to happen or anything, and you haven't messed up in any way. I'm not sure what that is about, but there's just a real clear sense of just being okay with who you are and where you are in life and moving forward and just enjoying it and watching God show everything to you in the future. So, cool? Uh, Pearl, this words for you. I know you, you came today with, with a feeling of, of warning. And I had this, this dream last night about there was like a, like a snake cage, like a fish tank that you keep snakes in. And like we put the wrong snake in there. And the other snakes had like fled. And then it was like, oh, where are they? The wrong snake is in this thing, right? And to think about awareness and intentionality, like sort of what you expose yourself to, what you, what you allow into your life, deserves awareness and intentionality as well. And I just want to confirm that. God's confirming that it is really important to pay attention to those things. Um, not that they have any influence over you, right? But if you're feeling like this is not for me, maybe it's not, right? To pay attention to that feeling and say, yeah, maybe this thing, maybe it's maybe okay for somebody else, but maybe it's not right uh, for me or, or right now, right? And, uh, and Andrew, God's telling me that you did have a thing about communion today, and you should do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is how we're wrapping it up. Everybody has it, right? You guys, thank you very much up here. You Thank you, guys. Grab your... If somebody could grab me one of those communion things. I want us to... Um, thank you very much, sir. Yes, you know me well, don't you? These things are like adult-proof. All right. It's like communion to go. Does everybody have one in the room? I want us to all stand up while we do this. I, I feel like what God's wanting to do with this, just becoming more clear, that we, it's important that we do this today. It's not just a sacrament in the sense of it's something that the church does, where the word sacrament has lost its, its awe and it lost its, its wonder. I firmly do believe this, that when we partake of this right here, people in this room are going to get healed. And, and that's part of it. When Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, some of you um, have gotten ill because you're not giving it full worth. It's not because they're doing it in an unworthy manner. It's, Paul says that, they're doing this in an unworthy manner. How many have ever been told that when you take communion, if you got sin, you need to go deal with it and then come back and take communion? Anybody ever heard anything like that? Bull. All right. If that were the case, if that were the case, why doesn't it work for anything else? At what point in life or where can you find where you got to get yourself cleaned up before you come to God? The, the truth is God cleans, cleans you up and comes to you. And in doing this, Paul says, do this as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. What are we remembering? His sacrifice, his gift to us. And as we remember it, that we take this right here. Buddy, hold this piece up right here. This is the body of Christ. And what we're remembering is his broken body on the cross. That payment that absolutely took care of absolutely everything. Nothing was left out. This is the body of Christ. It's broken for you. Just break it and then take. 
Likewise, when the dinner was done, he took a cup and he offered it to his disciples. Whenever you do this, he said, do this in remembrance of me. For some, before we drink this, I think for some, this recognition of the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus is going to hit you like a ton of bricks. The revelation of what it is, the absolute perfection of the blood of Jesus that makes us completely clean. Completely clean. Let's do this in remembrance of him. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I'm praying for every individual in this room, everybody watching, listening, whatever they're doing. I'm praying for every individual in this room right now. That Holy Spirit, you would show us how to shed the lies of the enemy that tells us how incomplete or imperfect we are. That our, our hearts and our minds and our spirits would be so quickened that we begin to hear your voice speaking to us over everything else, even over the voice of our own mind, that we begin to hear you, Holy Spirit. We choose to shift our awareness and to have an intentionality about what you're doing in the world around us. I am the representation of Jesus in the world. You are the representation of Jesus in the world. And he's given you everything that you need. I think we need to just make that declaration. Say this with me. God has given to me everything I need for life and for godliness. It's not my words. It's Peter. He's given you everything you need for life and for godliness. Nothing was left out. Aren't you, ha aren't you happy about that? Somebody say amen. 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 Well, the Lord bless you all. If you still want to get somebody to prophesy over you, just come on up here. We can Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.